Welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. I am your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am here with my good friend, Douglas Smythe. Hello, Mr. Smythe. It's good to be back. Hello. How are you? You are our special guest. You are kind of the guy that I, I bounce ideas and stuff <laughs> off of. To you, You're the color guy. I'm like the, the, the medium between you and the audience. I'm the guy in the middle. Yeah. Like In Which is- ancient Indian theater, I'd be called Vadushka. The the douche what? No, no, but never mind. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm admiring your shirt. You have an old school MUFON shirt. It's awesome. I, I go way back, man. You, MUFON. you know, there's that logo, which looks very Star Trek inspired. And probably, well, obviously is. It's Star Trek. It's Roswell. Show. It's Roswell inspired. Actually, I think that's, no, I think that's flames coming out of the UFOs. It's crashing. Oh, it looks like Star Trek. I could I be wrong. Know. I always assumed it that I think it's a combination of like NASA. Maybe you're right. Like, yeah, I think so. I mean, that's all I've always looked at it, but I could be wrong. But the, then there was a follow-up logo, uh, the logo I was familiar with when I was with MUFON. And now this new one, which looks like 70s, 80s style. I'm sorry. The new MUFON logo, which just says MUFON, is so awful. It was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, they need to it, hire me. They need to hire me to do their logo. They do. Stacy, if you're watching. Doug, and by the way, people listening, Doug has done quite a few of my uh, graphics and logos. And in fact, the Rojas report, which actually has a little bit of similarity with the old, the MUFON logo that I liked. Um, the Rojas report logo was created by you. In fact, let me bring it up for True. people to see. <laughs> Whoa. I can change this so that... There we go. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> it's super Beautiful. simple. <laughs> Beautiful. Its beauty is in its simplicity, really. Thank I've you, gotten Master. a lot of compliments. People really like it. Great. Good to hear. So it's cool stuff. So good job on the shirt. Uh, good job. Thank you, man. Thank you. <laughs> and I've got my International UFO Congress hat, which people must be uh, recognizing I really like. I, I don't know. I had this white hat on the shelf for a while. I felt like wearing a white hat. And uh, it works because of the conference going on, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago that um, I can promote the conference and talk about it. Reminds me too. It's a good way to remind myself. Yeah, no, it's good. It. I mean, well, but it could desensitize you at the same time and maybe you'll start forgetting it, you know, about it. But it's interesting you were in the, you say you were in the mood to wear a white hat. Like, I don't think about hats like that. Like, that's because you have one hat, hat you wear. <laughs> You only no, got actually, one hat. You think I only have one. I have a few variations of this, but you know, I do have an olive drab one. I have a that has some antique ones as well. And I mix it up. You haven't noticed it. You've never commented on it, but I have mixed it up a couple of times. I have uh noticed I've seen you in your spacesuit. Spacesuit. I have a captain's hat too. I have a few different hats. Uh I originally when I first started doing what we do, I would wear a captain's hat. Uh, but so- somehow it's morphed into this. And uh 
you know, it's just well, and your artwork is uh, your your marketing for your company, your shaving company. For those who don't know, Doug owns a uh, Phoenix Shaving, um, and in that artwork, you your character because it's got the, it's this fiction kind of background going on. Your character is yeah. usually wearing the captain hat. Yeah, uh, historically in our company, I was wearing a captain's hat. That's what re- you know, really people remembered. It stuck out. Uh, but then, as more as the character developed, it took on more of a you know a, an adventure type element. Or he did him being me, and uh, so and I honestly, it came with moving to Arizona, where I needed to wear a hat that was you know that would work well in this environment. And I'm not the cowboy hat type of, type of guy. Uh, and these are actually. Pith hats that, that is is uh, far more uh, uh, beneficial to someone wearing in the desert than a cowboy hat any day. Just the fact that you can soak it in water, evaporative cooling happens, and there's like a framework inside that suspends it on your head almost. So there's space between your head and the hat for the evaporative cooling to to take place, and it's just a lot cooler design, I think. And I don't mean cooler in like a hip kind of way cooling design than a 10 gallon hat any day. So that makes sense. Yeah, so was, a couple of questions uh, in the chat. Thank you all who have joined us in the chat who are listening live. Uh, first of all, unidentified celebrity review. Um, and that's interesting. I wonder what that is. Maybe tell us a little bit about what uh, the unidentified celebrity review is. Um, Cause the like person great blog. joins with that name has been joining lately and asking some great questions and being really nice. Um, uh, had some nice comments, but they asked about when and where is the conference this time? Well, the conference was a couple of weeks ago online, but a mm. couple good things. First of all, you can actually get a ticket and get online and watch all of the videos right now. And in fact, if it's not down yet, it will be soon, to be honest. But the cool thing about that is, yeah, you can watch all the videos. They're still up there and you can get in the chat and communicate with people, which is a lot of fun. Um, however, oh, still, still, the chat's still live. It's still live. Oh, I didn't realize that. So that's hey, honey, is the Congress stuff still live? <laughs> oh, we're not sure. It's set to automatically. Well, essentially, two weeks after the conference, it was supposed to remain live. Oh, there she is. But, uh, is it still on our website? But, yeah. But the point is that um, even once it does go down, um, we will be posting those videos on the UFO Congress YouTube page. So luckily, the UFO Congress, just like Open Minds, has the ability to have members. So, for instance, Mr. Smythe, you are a YouTube carrying member. member. Thank you. And it's only a couple bucks. And essentially, you get access to all the Rojas reports live uh, interviews. And so, and, and that has changed a bit. So if you want to watch live, it's a moving target. And I apologize for that. I know it's kind of difficult. That's just the way this is going to go be going forward. Those of you who have been listening to my podcast or involved with open minds, uh, aren't that unfamiliar with that. And the reason why is really, I don't want to talk to just anybody in this field. And I do apologize if if that frustrates some of you. I don't want to interview just whatever the latest flavor is in the UFO community. I really want to examine very closely, like Doug just mentioned, because he saw some of my last interview, and we'll talk about that in a second. I I get really in the weeds because I'm really trying to break down the minutia uh, as much as we can with experts 
on, you know, how this is all working, how it'll work going forward uh, with the government and UFOs. And I'm using experts, not just uh, hobbyists or people out there researching. Although some of my friends, you might include in some of that and some of the people I will interview. For example, I was talking with Danny Silva a lot today, and he's got a website called The Silva Record. He's kind of like me. He's just got a blog up there. But he's covered some really great stuff. Um, in fact, we were talking about UFO Joe uh, and this article he had written that was that was really good. And I've interviewed these guys. So those of you who have been listening to the podcast for a while are familiar with them. But the point is, you know, the Nick Popes of the world, the Kevin Canoose, the Chris Mellons, the Lou Elizondos. That's who I really want to talk to. But you can't just set a I'm not big enough to like set a time every week and, and I can expect them to be there. So right. I work on their schedule and that's why it's a moving target. Um, so you never know. So I try to notify people as much as possible when my next interview is going to be. And in fact, I can tell you right now, my next one's going to be on Wednesday and I'll send a notification out on that. And that's going to be uh, Kevin Knuth, a physicist, uh, an associate professor at uh, SUNY Albany. Uh, oh, that's right. We've been talking about him. We've been talking about him. He's great. The last couple episodes we've been talking about him of our show. He did an amazing interview about UFOs and science uh, for the UFO Congress. Really, really good. You're going to want to watch that. And we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, a lot of other stuff as well with Kevin. Sure. But this thing he focused on was just how science works, how scientific exploration happens and topics get kind of looked at by scientists and it's absolutely brilliant i mean it's really really important i think for people to really understand especially in this time in that we're making headway that we have people like kevin knuth to be there for us and organizations like the society for or um, the scientific coalition for uap research so really good stuff so yeah, oh, yeah. it's already out um, and if you go to UFO Congress, you'll be able to join uh, their memberships to see all of those recordings that we did a couple of weeks ago at the event. Um, so that answers that question. There's another question, probably about your hat. Just kidding. <laughs> um, People love this hat. <laughs> it looks like a UFO. Oh, let's see. So the unidentified celebrity review is an that person is an actor in L.A. that talks to fellow actors and writers about UFOs. I also do reviews on movies, documentaries and TV shows on the topic. Awesome. Really cool. Well, thanks for joining us. That's exciting. Um, Have we seen you in anything? And I'm a big fan of celebrities getting involved in this field. Some people get really upset with that. And But I don't understand why they're like, what does a celebrity know? Well, it's not necessarily what they know, but anybody with any notoriety is putting their neck out a little bit to get involved with something that may be fringe. Of course. And, and plus they popularize, you know, people are like, okay, it. it's okay to be into this stuff. They create an awareness around it. And you know what? Be them a celebrity or a government official. There are plenty of government officials too that open their mouths when they shouldn't about this topic. Yeah, they're not qualified to speak on this, but people believe them, and they actually they know just as much as some of these celebrities do. But because they're a government official, they get more credibility, and I think that's something we all have to consider as well. When I agree. Picking on on celebrities and other people. So he says, "I know you inspired me to do the show." Wow, thanks so much. <laughs> um, well, we're really happy to have you here. It's been great to have you in here, yes. as well as the rest of you. In fact, Mark, who's in here a lot, he was asking about the Krata. Um, and I would say 
and I forget what that means. It's a cooperative research and development agreement. I can't remember what interview I did. Maybe it was Nick Pope or actually now that I think about it, it was probably Brian Bender. And we talked about this. And like you said, Akrata is very, it's kind of like uh, an initial handshake that we'll work together on. in the future and potentially this can turn into an actual funded program, but it's not anything like that. It's just essentially an agreement um, with one another. So for those of you who don't know, to the stars made this agreement with the army in order to test anomalous materials. Uh, however, we really have very little to no information on that right now. Um, so I really can't say, uh, I any information I've got is that uh, you know they haven't shared any details um, about what they might be looking at or their findings, and which is kind of I think you know if people want to know about this, uh, start asking to the stars, like hit them up, especially on and Tom DeLong um, and Chris Mellon and Louise Elizondo, all of whom are on Twitter, and Twitter seems to be something that they watch, they monitor. Um, so I would go hit them up on Twitter and ask them these questions and hopefully they'll give you some answers or they'll address it in their next podcast if they do another one, which hopefully they do. But Unidentified Celebrity Review, I'm going to call you UCR if that's okay. <laughs> um, I was going to say I could say T-U-C-R and just yeah, call Tucker. you Tucker. Tucker, yeah, exactly. Which Tucker's a neat name, but it makes us think of some other Tucker that's been involved with UFOs lately. Or something that rhymes with Tucker. Oh, like truck. But anyway, yeah, we don't know a whole lot about it, except for the point is, is, is it, the good thing about it is it's getting the foot in the door and saying, OK, we could work together and hopefully come up with something in the future. Yeah. Um, so it's a good thing. And in, in, in that way. And we have heard like even Steve Justice, who wor- used to work for Lockheed Martin, who's working with to the stars, mention how they really feel that some of the materials that they examine have uh, anomalous properties to them. But they haven't given any details for some reason, and I don't know what they're waiting for. It wasn't in season two of Unidentified. I don't know what's going on with that. So um, it's a great question. I get it a lot. But uh, those thus far, they haven't been um, sharing a whole lot of information. Oh, Unidentified Celebrity Review. Your name is Luis Jimenez. So I'll call you Luis. I like Same Tucker. Elizondo. Louise Elizondo. What'd you say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you don't want to say now. No, so I said I like were, uh, there we go. I will try to. Um, oh, by the way, he says check us out. So everybody go check out Unidentified Celebrity Review. So we will check that out. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Um, if you have more questions, feel free to put them in there. I don't see any right now. So. Moving on, Nick Pope. So I did in my latest Rojas report was with Nick Pope. Um, like I said, now those live interviews are no charge. So a lot of you were able to come in and join and see that. Now you do have to pay. If you want to watch the archives, you have to join on YouTube to watch those or- archives or join on Patreon because I upload all my videos onto Patreon too for my Patreon subscribers. Um, but... Here's a question, and I'll answer this, and it's good. Will the new Space Force release UFO data if they have sightings? No, nobody will. Nobody's going to. And this is a good segue into um, my 
Nick Pope interview, which is all the signals are the military, even though they started this UAP task force, have no intention sharing with us anything. No. At all. And, uh, you know, we talked about that was a big part of our conversation with Nick Pope. Um, Stephen Gassel, a Swedish writer, uh, also John Greenwald of the Black Vault, have had some correspondence with the DOD. And they've essentially been told, no, this stuff is classified. Our investigations into UAPs are classified. Our findings yeah. are classified. It's all classified. And, and we have no plans structure. on changing that at all. Yeah. yeah. No, well, they, there's no motivation to share that with the public at all. Yeah. So the answer will be, will the Space Force release data if they have sightings? No. At this point, no. And um, this actually also brings us to, and I'm going to bring this up on the screen, and it's almost like, I don't know if Lou has seen some of my recent interviews. I've not been able to get a hold of him, to be completely honest, lately. Um, so I don't totally know what they're up to. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks since I've talked to him. But it's almost like he's been looking at my stuff because uh, Lou posted this uh, uh, to the stars. Progress versus Congress. A reminder to our elected officials why they should take UFOs seriously. This is what I've been talking about. Um, you know, a lot of the UFO community, and this was a lot of the conversation with Nick Pope. And in a second, I'll ask you for, you know, your thoughts on, on this, Doug, um, what mm -hmm. you looked at. But a lot of the UFO community is still talking about how this is a beginning of disclosure, disclosures here. And they're talking about how, you know, we're finally going to learn about the aliens and Roswell and all of this stuff. There's absolutely zero real evidence for that, in my opinion. Um, all of what we've heard is this is going to remain classified. This is going to remain classified. And Lou Elizondo wrote this article and he kind of says the same thing that, you know, in fact, uh, he uses a term at the end of the article. He says, as my mother used to tell me, the songs of yesterday still ring true today. Because what he's talking about is even though a handful of Congress people have come forward to say that they take this topic seriously, it's still only a handful. We don't know. Uh, yeah, I do mean Roger Glassell. I'm not sure what I said, but uh, Roger Glassell is a Swedish researcher. Somebody in the chat just reminded me. Yeah. But Lou is saying here, we still need to contact our Congress people if we want to know if they take it seriously, if they want, if we want them to know they should take UFOs seriously, we need to contact and have regular conversation with our Congress people. Nick Pope, other people I've talked to have, have kind of agreed with this lately that Really, there, there is no um, urgency, apparently, with media or in D.C. to do something about any of this. Mark is saying disclosure happened. I think, Mark, you're exactly right. Disclosure has happened in the matter that what we've heard, and this was a very significant disclosure. This was the crux of this whole game plan by, by Chris Mellon of To The Stars. When the Navy says we take UFOs seriously, that automatically activates our ability as citizens and the ability of the Congress people in Washington, D.C. to say, hey, you take UFOs seriously. That's not what you've told us in the past. And in the Senate's case, especially, they've said you have not told us you've been investigating UFOs. Tell us more. And that's right. what we're in the middle of. Um, right. 
And so they are going to have to tell the Senate more. And fortunately, the Senate said, we also want a public facing portion of this. So that will happen. But we don't know where this is going to go. And the most likely scenario is that the, uh, the, they'll get their report. They'll say, okay, thank you. And then, you know, the military will say, we, we are all over this. We got this. And the Senate will say, okay, thanks. Bye. And that's right. it. Done. Right. If we want more than that, then we've got to get out there and ask for more. But there aren't people out there. You know, there isn't this massive, uh, massive of people in, in the country saying, I want a disclosure now. I want more UFO yeah. information. We need a rep representation is what we need or a lobbyist, you know, or someone lobbying for that or someone we can, you know, something to represent us. And unfortunately, we don't need someone. Because we do have a lobbyist. Stephen Bassett's always been a lobbyist out there. Right. And I, I really like Stephen, but we can't go out there and say, tell us about the government interacting with aliens, which is exactly what Steve Bassett's talking about. That's not even really what any of this is all about. This is about, about identifying UFOs. unidentified. Yes. And that's, and it could all only, I mean, as we were talking about before the show, there's, there's a balance between what the what's going to motivate the military and what's going to motivate the public. What seems to motivate the public is the possibility of alien of aliens, whereas what motivates the uh, government and the military is the possibility of a threat. Exactly. Uh, not necessarily mutually exclusive. These are two different things. So I mean, but we have to appeal to both sides. We have to keep it sexy to get that public support, but we also have to keep it scary to get the military support. You know, I mean, You're, it's a great point because. And this is, uh, I think, lost on people, too, with this, this term threat. The military looks into threats. That's what they're there for. They're there for safety, national security. They're going to be looking at threats. If UFOs aren't framed in a, as a potential threat, they're not going to have any interest. There are other interests, of course, when it comes to UFOs. Um, one of those interests, and most of these then lie in academia, or in, you know, study. So for instance, scientific analysis, like physicists, this is what we'll talk to Kevin Knuth about, you know, that's mm -hmm. a, definitely an area that needs to be observed. In my humble opinion, what this UAP task force needs to establish, and this is what we need to ask for, is that a SETI type organization, not SETI, not yeah. SETI, but yeah. a SETI type organization gets the information on Nimitz cases. Cases that uh, they identify as truly unidentified so they can analyze these cases in a transparent scientific way so we right. can start to take seriously that there are there's a mystery here that we need yes. scientific investigation. There's other parts to it. There's, uh, okay, are people being abducted by aliens? We need to have psychologists looking at this. Right. Is it even related? Is it even related to the UFO phenomena? I mean, is it even related? Exactly. We don't. And that's know why that. I'm saying we're connecting. We automatically connect aliens to UFOs all the time, and we could be in for a big disappointment when we find out it's China, it's Russia. That's going to change a lot of these conferences. You're no longer going to see aliens around anymore. It's going to just be UFOs and maybe some communist China hats and Russian I, I don't, vodka. But I mean, like, it could change the, the look. And what would that look like? <laughs> or there could be other answers too, though. Sure. I mean, of course, of course. I, I'm I open when, to them all. When the Navy's saying it's not human tech, that's pretty substantial. I, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, so, what but who's saying that? I mean, who is saying that it's not human tech within the Navy? Are they qualified to say that? 
That's well, the certainly part. they're qualified to say that. Okay. I mean, and and really, it comes from the Navy, um, right? Uh, so, I mean, it was they're the ones who said that they don't believe this to be Chinese or Russian; that it's something else. Um, and I guess I would put it that way. Or nor do they believe it to be ours. Anything top secret that we have. Um, and there are, and this is an important side of it. There are tech defense tech experts, such as Tyler Rogaway, who wrote writes for the War Zone, where he's examining the tech side of this, and he's demonstrating that what has been observed is technology that is not just beyond what we have, but well, well, well beyond anything we have. And so if that technology is human made, it's extremely significant and a huge game changer. And that's what, and that's why I really love Tyler Rogoway, uh, his involvement, because he's really wrestling with, this seems to be something that is tech way beyond our own, but it can't be, that's absolutely impossible. And so you've got this kind of cognitive dissonance, this struggle. How can this be true? How can this be right. real? And that's kind of the area that a lot of people are going through and they need to go through. And okay. he's struggling with, okay, all the implications of some kind of secret project of the technology that's this far beyond our own are humongous. They're staggering. But so are the implications if we're being visited by a civilization more advanced than our own. So the implications all around are huge. Sure. But to him, at least it demonstrates this is a field that needs research. This is a, a topic that needs to be looked at so we can figure this out. And right. and that's how it's also being sold, I think, to the Senate and to the military that we need to look into this, whatever it may be. Um, it's benef beneficial regardless. So, yeah, it, sh they, they sh it should be looked into. Out of that Nick Pope interview, what was some of the other stuff that you saw in there that was kind of different as far as or thought provoking? Well, I just thought, uh, I mean, you guys begin with the debate and the topic of, of bringing up UFOs with the candidates and what their thoughts on it. And that was never going to get into this debate, first of all. Nothing of any sense was going to get into this debate. So I thought that was interesting when you guys brought that up. But um, let me see. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and 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 I don't know if it was Nick or you or anyone saying that this is something that they could possibly find some common ground on. I don't think these are the candidates for that. I don't think they because they do seem to be contrarians when it comes to what one thinks over the other. Maybe they're when when they're in their presence. I don't think not. I don't think that's both true. Of them yeah, are that's contrarians. True. Uh, if they were asked individually, I guess my point was I could see them both saying because. I don't know that Biden's ever said this, but Trump said Trump essentially said, I don't believe in UFOs, but if they want to look into it, it seems like something they should do. That's essentially yeah. what he said. Um, he did say something about Roswell that they, but it didn't make much sense. Um, Weird. <laughs> but I could see Biden saying something similar that it's an area of study that should be looked into. Um, I, just, I just feel like Obama never really took it too seriously. It was always he didn't. just. A but John yeah. Podesta certainly did, who worked for Obama. Sure. I don't sure. think, even though Hillary Clinton was friends with uh, Lawrence Rockefeller, who um, was really interested in UFOs, uh, and she obviously, you know, is familiar with John Podesta, who was her campaign manager. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think she thought. I think she was a bit more like Obama. She didn't really think twice. Well, about it's her husband. It, it was Bill Clinton that I think was more interested in it. It I, was Bill. That was the was, first time I heard it was during the 90s when he was president. He was, I mean, he was going to look into the JFK case. He was going to look into Roswell. He was going to look into all these things. So, I mean, I think it was his interest. And she just kind of adopted that when she started running, you know, so, so many years back, took on that. But I, I, I think he's the guy that has a genuine interest in space and in ufology and in whatever. But I think he's, that's, that's his passion. Well, not necessarily yeah. passion, but interest. Yeah, I agree. Um, see, and there, there's a lot of these comments. Like there have been all of these things that had supposedly happened with people getting hurt or healed. The problem with all of that is, is it's, it's just all anecdotal information. I think what's really important about like Diana Posolka is, a, is another academic who's been involved with UFOs recently and uh, Jacques Vallée, uh, who's been involved with UFOs for a long time. They've talked about the similarity between religious experiences and how mm -hmm. they're described and these UFO alien experiences and yeah. how they're described. And yeah. I think that we uh, can't forget that, that um, people throughout history have experiences that they can't explain and they interpret them in different ways. Yeah, but whatever the popular context is of the time. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean a physical interaction has occurred or that a third party was involved at all. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, we've, we, that's been demonstrated, I think, over the years. Even John Mack didn't believe there was a physical aspect to the abduction Abduct scenario. Yeah. Although That's he did believe there could be a third party interacting with us in a non-physical manner, which was right. pretty interesting. Um, we we really haven't even started seriously investigating all of these things. Um, you know, uh, you know, Doctor John Mack, I think, was a serious researcher, but it was his research doing it on his own. Bud Hopkins was an artist, not a scientist. Uh, some of the people that Mark is bringing up. Dr. David Jacobs is a historian. Uh, certainly uh, should not have been doing any regressions, in my opinion. I feel that Bud Hopkins and Dr. Oh, Jacobs yeah. really did do hypnotic regression completely wrong. Yeah. And I say well, that from someone who has a certificate in hypnotherapy um, and a background in uh, at least a degree in, in psychology. So, I mean, uh, what they did, they did, they didn't do it right at all. Right. I could very easily take someone and say, Hey, have you ever had an alien experience? Have you ever heard about these aliens? And, and lead them. Yeah. And, lead the, lead it. And, uh, implant and, and do a regression. Intentionally. Yeah. And you're going to tell me all about aliens. Yeah. I mean, it, false it's, memories. Exactly. It's that was big in the nineties. It was huge. All the stars were sexually molested as children too. It's it's very similar to what you're talking about. Yeah, false, so certain false, false memories. That's the sort of research that needs to go on. So far, it's been a lot of hobbyist stuff when it comes to UFOs. We haven't gotten like to the point where we can do some really concerted um, research, and hopefully, that's what's great about now is that we're moving to a point where I think we can begin to do those and begin to then start to talk about some of this as evidence. Because I think some of those cases are really strong, but unfortunately they're still completely anecdotal. Um, yeah. 
But because there are so many strong stories, that's why it's something that should be taken seriously and not laughed at. There's something going on. And I feel like Mark is yelling at me when he's using all caps there. <laughs> I'm sorry I said Chinese or Russian. Yes, it could be us. It could be Black Ops as well. It could be our own government. There's definitely that, too. I should have included that, Mark. But see, that Mark doesn't know that. Sorry, Mark. You do not know that all <laughs> UFOs are not Chinese or Russian. And in fact, the odds are that some of them are. In fact, I would say definitely, there's no doubt some things reported as UFOs are Chinese and or Russian tech. Zero doubt in my mind. Yeah. Um, because we don't know all the technologies the Chinese or Russians have, no. nor do we know all the technology we have. And this gets into kind of my conversation with the Pope also. Exactly. That we don't want them to know what we know. Yeah. And we don't show our cards. Yeah. This is why all of this is so classified. We don't want to show our cards. That's what puts the military in a tough position looking at UAPs because they're like, okay, we're looking at this. We find some UAPs. But the problem is, and this is why we can't share it with you guys, we don't know whose it is or we do know that's Russian, but we don't want the Russians to know that we know that's Russian. Right. So it's really, really complicated, all of this. It is. We're asking the wrong people to look into this, maybe. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. There's a limit. I think that's a great point um, that you made right there. There's yeah. a limit to what the military can share with the public yeah. safely, uh, given their mission and their reason for looking into this. Right. That's why I keep arguing why we need like a SETI type scientific organization. An independent. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I agree with you. But we would need the sign off by uh, the UAP task force. And um, I don't know that that's going to ever happen. An example would be Nimitz. So Nimitz, the Navy was willing to go on the record to say it's a true unidentified. We don't know what it is. We don't believe it's Chinese, Russian, or ours. We don't know what it is. Right. But to your point earlier, they have shared with us no information as to how they came to that conclusion. We really right. don't. We have a leaked document um, that uh, I talked with Adam Kehoe quite a bit about this in my Rojas reports from last week. And um, there's this leaked document that analyzes the Nimitz situation, but it doesn't really come to any conclusions. It speculates. And we really don't know the origins of that document. It was leaked by George Knapp from Las Vegas, uh, an investigative journalist there. And uh, Lou Elizondo has confirmed to me personally that it was a document written by the military for the military. Um, oh, it was an internal document. What's that? It was an internal document. Right. So it is okay. internal to some degree. Nobody knows who wrote it because it is kind of a weird document. It doesn't look extremely official, but some of the people even here who watch the show who have worked in intelligence say it does look like an intelligence report. So it probably was an intelligence report of some sort. Uh, right. Elizondo couldn't share where he where it came from. Uh, Kane said it was in B Bob Bigelow's files. Leslie Kane, who helped write the uh, New York Times article on all the UFOs. She said she saw it and it was in the Bigelow files, but that doesn't, she told me she doesn't know who created the document. She thinks it might've been Bigelow Aerospace who was contracted to 
um, work on the project. But Lewis told me, no, it was uh, written by the military for the military. So probably intelligence, probably naval intelligence, looked into it, wrote up a report, boom. But we don't know. Even those videos, they say, represent true unidentified. The Navy said- The three it. videos we're talking about. The three videos. Yeah. 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 Um, but we don't know how they came to that conclusion um, because they have not shared any of their analysis on this. Have they shared it with the intelligence, uh, the Senate intelligence committee? And the problem is, um, has that document been shared? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that document has been shared with, uh, I would imagine it has been. Yeah. All we know for sure that's been shared with, uh, the uh, Senate with the senators, we know that they've been briefed. Uh, and we know that some of the Nimitz witnesses, especially the jet fighter pilots, were involved with those briefings. Right. Okay. So, and Mark is saying here that I don't agree that we look towards officials or elected officials for any real answers. Well, I'm sorry, Mark, then you're not going to get any answers. Uh, they're, they're, civilians can't do this as a hobby by themselves and figure out anything. Yeah, um, we need insiders. We need people on the inside to, to work with us. Yeah, how can I say that? <laughs> because I've been writing about for the last few decades about <laughs> the decades prior from 1947 where we've been looking into this. And we figured out practically nothing. We figured out that there's a lot of crazy stories out there and that these sightings and crazy stories continue. That's all we figured out. We've really figured out nothing. And until we get some sort of organization um, or organizations with better funding and resources who yeah. can do this sort of investigating and research that we need, we're not going to figure anything out. So yeah. we really need to, to to figure stuff out, and we haven't yet. So I, you know, Mark, regardless of what degrees we have or or anything, I mean, we really need stronger concerted efforts. That kind of brings me to James Fox. He's got a new documentary coming out. I'll right. be interviewing him about it in a couple of weeks. The documentary comes out in just a few days on October sixth, and it's a great documentary. It really Say covers it. what's that? Say it. What? The name. Oh, the phenomenon. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sorry, I was waiting for my cue. I was waiting for my cue and you just kept on. Phenomenon. We have a whole act. We have a whole act. Check us out at uh, UFO Congress next year. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they say you don't. Well, I don't understand this. Oh, well, sorry. Mark says, Doug, you don't Post know what it. you're talking about. I don't know what he means by that. But Wait, um, where's that? Where's that? You don't know what you're talking we'll about. Anyway, really don't uh, the phenomenon, which is a documentary coming out in a few days. Someone says, talk to valet. I have talked to valet several times. Have you? Oh, burn. I'm just kidding. I don't know what I'm uh, talking about. What? I don't understand what he's talking, what he commented on. I don't know either. I didn't even I talk. talked to Valet uh, quite a bit. Did you have our names confused? <laughs> Valet would agree. In fact, Valet doesn't like to say aliens. He does. He, in fact, he often says UFOs are not aliens. He's actually agreeing with you, Doug. Um, and, uh, I, when I interviewed him, uh, last, I think I, I kind of pressed him on that. And he finally right. said, okay, I do believe some could be aliens. 
But his point was that there's so many things that these things could be that we right. don't know. Um, that we don't know. And well, I'm talking about what Valet is saying here. That's what Valet says. Mark, you said talk to Valet. I did talk to Valet. This is what Valet told me. So, and but Valet, I think, is right. He's looking at this from a very scientific perspective, in that we, all we have is a, a limited amount of data, and we can't start jumping to conclusions or getting married to any of our theories. Science isn't like that. Science is just the opposite. You try to disprove your theories in order to see if they hold water. And we For just sure. don't have enough data to do any of that yet. So the point is we don't have enough data. Um, the good point is, and I guess where I'm getting at, I think everybody wants everything at once. Um, the silver lining is that at least now, and this kind of moves on to my conversation with Kevin Knuth next week, at least now we can talk about this topic in a serious manner. Uh, the Senate is asking for more information. Uh, we, uh, you know, worst case scenario, a UAP task group has been created. It is a focal point for research in this area. And that will continue on from this day forward. That even though the difference is, unlike Blue Book, which was a, a public facing department, and Nick Pope got into this a bit. This department will not be public facing. Most of what they do will be classified, but at least it's on record and it's okay. And it's out there uh, that the military takes UAPs seriously and they're looking into them. That's a huge change. That does allow for a lot more movement. It allows for hopefully you know, more scientific research or organizations to get those mm -hmm. things. It allows for us to go into academia, to universities, and to hopefully inspire this sort of work. Um, you know, at the Congress, we had a panel with Kevin Knuth, a uh, physicist at SUNY Albany, Tim Brigham, a former um, professor, and he's still doing education and research. He's also got a PhD in, in psychology, and Diana Pasolka who is a full professor um, studying religious studies. And this was kind of the topic we talked about. Uh, how do you move that over? And it was incredibly insightful. And in how does academia get involved? Um, and even today, she said, until you have tenure, don't even say the word UFOs. No. Don't give any indication that you're into anything fringe because you could damage your career. Once you have tenure, then do what you want. Right. You know, Kevin Knuth, I don't think he has tenure yet, but he is an expert in his field. He's a recognized expert in certain um, areas of physics. And that's what makes um, him a little more emboldened to uh, express his interest in these arenas. So, I mean, we've got some movement going on in that way, but uh, that's the sort of thing we need to foster. And that's really where we're going to make ground. If we're out there, you know, doing business as usual for the last few decades, saying aliens are here, the government knows it, aliens are abducting people every day, my neighbor got abducted by an alien, nobody's going to take you seriously, especially when you have zero evidence besides right. anecdotal information to share. That's been the same thing for the last few decades. We're in a unique position. We need to take advantage of that unique position that we're in, which I think is exactly what Luis Elizondo is saying here. 
I think everybody needs to go read this article from To The Stars because it's backing up what I'm saying. And I think he's exactly right. We can't be complete. You know, we can't. Um, it's not business as usual. And we do have something that we can do to help move things forward. Yeah. Business is unusual, I would say. <laughs> like this current administration. I mean, it's tough to get any of the, anything else in right now. So, I mean, we are in a very unique place. But, I mean, how do we get it in there? With everything else that's going on in the world right now, I mean, it's really, it's just, it doesn't seem pressing enough. It's well, just, the, I think you can the get timings it off because business continues. People are working, people are doing stuff, and it is working, it is happening. We yeah. do have the UFO Congress happened. We have during the sure, pandemic, sure. Kevin yeah. Knuth is out there sharing information. Uh, SCU, which I'm working with, we're going to have Michael Masters. Another professor, PhD. Oh yeah, no, I mean it's happening independently. There's no doubt about it. There's yeah. definitely a lot of energy going on. I'm talking about within the government. I'm trying, you know, making this something worth looking into for them. Well, even when there's that's so happening. much going on. Yeah, even that's happening. I guess what we need, um, um, is that data then moving from the military to somewhere else where it can be examined. And and that's the aspect where we have the ability, um, right, to do that sort of thing, right? Like I think no, okay, are, I see that totally. I mean, this is a perfect time for like something grassroots almost to grow out of. Yeah, just to to exemplify that there, yeah. because I don't think I think what's happening is we see a lot of hits on UFO stories when mainstream media covers them. That right. demonstrates there's a lot of people interested in the topic, but it doesn't demonstrate that there are a lot of people who are unhappy with the state of affairs. I mean, there could right. be a lot of people saying, whoa, UFOs are real. Thank goodness the military is all over this. Good enough <laughs> for me. Yeah. Then, you know, going on so with let's my watch life. Some football. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and I think that is good enough for a lot of people. What else yeah. do you want? And yeah. I think, you know, people in my experience, when you talk to just, and I think all of you can agree when you talk to the, to the regular person out there, it's not like they're totally anti that aliens could exist. They're just like, all right, what do I do about it? I got to go on with my life. Sounds like the government's got this taken care of. All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, there aren't uh, a whole lot of people that are the activists, which are like a lot of those people that are putting messages in the, the chat right now who are, you know, you're out and you're motivated to get out there and get some information out and talk about this. Not everybody's like that. And I think right. you guys can agree in that, for instance, everybody in my family is pretty much into this topic and, and believe there's a mystery here. But I'm the only one out, you know, trying to talk to people and get information out and everything. Right. Uh, right. And I think that's how most people are. So I think it's just we need to be very grounded and have a more realistic uh, uh, view of who we are as a community or as people pushing this effort forward, where the government is in all of this and what we can do to move things forward. Because I think a lot of people are complacent that, all right, man, it's any day now. Because I hear this on the internet yeah. all the time. Any day now, you know, we're gonna, they're going to continue with this disclosure they're doing. And they're going to tell us about the aliens and everything. No, that's not going to happen. People have felt like that for decades. Um, and no, it's like the end, yeah, the end of the world is coming. Any, you know, for decades, the end of the world is always coming. Same thing with disclosure, it seems. 
And, you know, we've heard it from Nick Pope. We've heard it from Brian Bender. That is not the sense. That's not what people are saying in, in D.C., in Washington. That's not it, it's not that sense at all. And they are much more lackadaisical about this topic. Um, oh, yeah. So if we want that to change, we've got to do something. All right. So uh, let's see what else I wanted to talk about. Oh, this is an interesting story, too. I wanted to let people know about. Share another screen here. Doug's taking notes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I would take notes to to get to, to pop in at some point, And then I get some questions, too, in the comments that I don't know when they were asked and what they're referring to. So I'm trying to keep up with some of this and yeah. failing miserably, it would seem. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, you know, Gas Mass talks about personal disclosure versus national disclosure. That's a good point, too, I think. But anyway, here we go. Look at this story. This is a good one. Um, this is about the Yale professor that became the mayor of Area 51. So this is a Yale professor who um, was an influential spy chief, like they're talking about. And uh, essentially, he went with Lockheed to go scout out the place for Area 51. And uh, they found it, and they started Area 51, and he was greatly involved with the establishment of Area 51, and even got uh, kind of this nickname as the mayor of Area 51. So it's a really interesting article if you're interested in Area 51, which I think many of you are. And I don't know why, I, it, if it's just that I am feeling more ornery lately or something, but I can't help putting the caveat that I don't think there's any aliens or alien spacecraft at Area 51. No. But, uh, I quote Nick, Nick Pope, it's, I'd be more concerned about Area 52 and Area 53. <laughs> I wouldn't be more concerned about. Yeah. And I mean, then finally, and I, I personally agree with this and this is one of the problems with the media also is now this story isn't all completely accurate itself but a lot of it is reports of rising ufo sightings are greatly exaggerated so they went to mufon and mufon said we don't see it even though there's all these headlines about increased ufo sightings uh mufon's like well according to our database we're not seeing this increase um but I know uh, Chris Rutowski, who we should have on the show again soon, um, great researcher out of Canada, is saying they are seeing increases in Canada. Interesting. I'm sure it's not just kids with drones. Who knows? We don't know. So Canada is being um, visited. Visited. Yeah. I mean, drone swarms over Canada. And I don't wouldn't blame them, especially these days, because Canadians are widely known for being much more friendly than and Americans. welcoming. Yeah, they're not going to shoot them out of the sky is what it all comes down to. Right. They're yeah. probably going to be like share a beer with them, hang yeah. out and yeah, talk. What's this beer? Hey, you know, take off, Yehosa. I don't know. So there's a couple of news stories uh, for you also. So there we go. Lots of big talking and debating. And uh, and I mean. I, I think the gas mask has it in a way right in that he brings out that difference between personal disclosure and national disclosure. And I think people get really passionate about, 
passionate about the issues that made them um, think about um, this topic, you know, that made them convinced about this topic. But that's different from oh, I see what, what you're saying. Yeah. will yeah. create a change when it comes to the mainstream. Right. Because even any widely held beliefs that are anecdotal in nature, such as religious beliefs, a lot of people in government have religious beliefs, and those definitely motivate their their um, their Policy. ideas. Yeah. But it's still just a you know a faith based sort of worldview. It's not a scientific endeavor, or yeah. it's not uh, you know not anything like that. So I think we just have to divorce ourselves or just understand that, okay, there's what I feel is convincing, but what is going to convince the mainstream? And that's right. a totally different topic. Troy says, I'm concerned about S4. There is no S4, at least not in the area that you're referring to. No such thing. Pretty well established. Sorry. He is honorary these days, isn't he? I know. What's with that? It's yeah. just, I'm, you know what, to be honest, Doug, I left the field a bit because I was so disappointed that we really got yeah. to this arena with some really credible stuff. The government and the mainstream really paying attention to this field. And I got so disheartened in that the majority of, I think, the UFO community and UFO researchers doubled down on the crazy. Instead of adopting this and saying whoa, you know, how can we work with this? How can we help enlighten and move and integrate and work together? It was more like, how can I make this all crazier than crazy? Yeah. And and there's this pervasive concept out there that we're in the middle of this major disclosure where they're going to disclose Roswell and aliens and all of that stuff. And people keep referring to this, this disclosure that's going on right now. Right. And what they're referring to is so separate from reality, from all of the indications of the people in Washington, D.C., um, the scientists and the people who are closest to this, who I've been talking yeah. to, uh, even uh, people like Luis Elizondo and, and Chris Mellon, who are right there in the crux of stuff, making all this stuff happen, that... It's, it's really gotten me to the point where I just don't feel as apologetic. I don't feel as um, patient for that anymore. Yeah, uh, no, that makes that perfect sense. Kind of a tough love type of thing. This is where we are. We have to deal with reality, people. Um, and that's where I'm headed. That's where the show's headed. That's what we're trying to do is live in this real grounded world and try to make some real change happen. But we need real information to do that and data. Yeah. Otherwise, it cheapens cheapens the credibility of the movement. And I, that's why I think there almost should be factions, too, where, okay, you put the alien people over here, but then there should be even factions within the alien people. You have the new age alien people, and you just have the straight up alien people. And then you have the scientists on this other side. And, you know, so the awareness can still be raised, but or funds funding can still be raised, but we're putting it more into the science end of things. But they can still exist and do their own thing without, you know, getting mixed up or confused with what's really going on when it comes to the science. Yeah, um, I agree with you, you know, and that's, what's great about the SCU. Although again, it's a hobbyist kind of thing. It's, it's hard for people to get stuff done. Cause these are people with jobs. Some of whom are zero funding or, or self-funded government. 
So right. it's hard to, to get anything done. Uh, but I agree. You know, when I was the MUFON spokesperson, I used to always tell people because they wanted us to do everything. And yeah. I was like, we're into UFOs. Our mission is the scientific investigation of UFOs. We can barely handle that. Right. So there's this perception that we have all this manpower, but really it's a hobby thing. People can't yeah. donate much time. We can barely handle what we've got. So we right. really can't tackle these other issues. Other people can. Great yeah. people. Somebody mentioned Avon Smith uh, and Ciro. They're doing, you know, great work. The heavy lifting. Yeah. So um, there's there's other groups to look into other things. But I, you know, to your point, I think you're right. Unfortunately, MUFON went in the direction of trying to cover everything. And I don't think it's worked out too well. No, no. It was a mile long, but an inch thick. Yeah, exactly. A mile long, but an in inch thick is a w great way to put it. Louise is saying, stay ornery. <laughs> and I will to some point because, you know, uh, it is a bit tough love. It's just trying to say, look, guys, I'm not saying don't believe what you believe or, or you know, hold what you believe to be sufficient evidence for something to convince you one way or another. I have those myself, things that I know convince me of something but I also recognize I can't put this in an article because I can't substantiate it. Right. It's nothing I can prove. And that's yeah. my goal is to substantiate it and prove it because that's the stuff that really gets somewhere. Just like Nimitz, you know, when you have these jet yeah. fighters coming out, that's the sort of stuff we need to keep going with. And, and um, this is why we need to let people. Know. We also, I don't believe that Senate intelligence committee has any idea if there's even anybody out there who cares enough about UFO topic to that, they, you know, share information with the public, they may feel the public would be perfectly happy with uh, this, just knowing that the military is looking into it, right. albeit in these classified ways. They may feel that the public's going to be perfectly happy with that. They may be right. Yeah. We really don't have numbers regarding, you know, how motivated people are. If you want them to know that there's a lot of people out there who really want this information shared with the public, then let them know because yeah. otherwise they're not going to know. Music. And I was waiting for a, a reaction from you. Oh, I'm sorry. I started reading the questions. Like every, they, they freeze up the chat and then suddenly there's like 10 questions that pop up and I'm sorry. It really just got me, but you're right. You're absolutely right. And you are correct in that. Um, I agree. Agree. When I co-sign to quote someone and, uh, <laughs> and I think there's a hat joke happening. A lot of people hate this hat. Do they? I haven't seen no. that. Any no, that's a quote. That's a quote. It's from uncle hat Buck. It's uncle Buck quote. I, I never get to use it. So I had to get it out there while I could. Now, it's very interesting, and I really highly recommend that anyone that hasn't seen it yet is watch the interview with Nick Pope because they, as I was telling Alejandro beforehand, is there's nothing sexy about this interview. They take a deep dive into what's going on and what's current on this end of it. it, it there's, it's no, there's no BS here. I mean, there's no decoration. It's just straight up black and white, or as close as we can get to black and white detail on what's going on uh, within this. Like the Senate, I mean, I was really... A lot of people saying they love the hat. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, Someone said we're dressed like children. That's hilarious. That's not... I. It's good to have a, a youthful spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. 
hey, you know, I mean, now Troy, what, what, what are children but young adults? I mean, at the end of the, the day, I mean, and you know what? Especially these days, a lot of kids make a lot more sense than adults. Um, True, there's some smart kids out there. They're so I guess people. we could wrap. But uh, was it you? Do do you want to finish a thought? No, I lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the second show I've done today, and I've, I'm at the my my caffeine intake is. I'm like on the, the caffeine downer right now. You yeah, and I gotta admit, this was last minute because uh, <laughs> normally I was expecting Martin to be here with us as usual, but um, he had to leave, uh, and he told me this. Even though I still berated him, he actually already told me he couldn't do this. Or uh, he was like, I "I'm always happy to hop on." Be tired, but always um, happy to hop on. so it was. But to your to your defense, it was last minute. <laughs> Somebody says you look like Zach Galifianakis, Galifianakis, and Nigel Thornberry. I'm not sure who Nigel Thornberry is. Nigel Thornberry is that from uh, Spinal Tap? <laughs> I don't know, but I hope it's a compliment. I think I, it is. Thank you. <laughs> I typically get Brad Pitt, but I mean, you know, I mean, whatever. your your beard is very Zach Galifianakis. What what's this show that he has? The the in between two ferns, one of <laughs> yeah. them. Brilliant, good. Show. That guy's he's kind of chubby. I'm 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 skinny, man. I'm like the sometimes the he's chubby, sometimes he's not. I don't think they mean that. I think they mean the beard and stuff. And he's yeah, not I mean, always chubby. Not always chubby. Okay, let's yeah. put that on the business card. <laughs> Not always chubby. Not always chubby. <laughs> That's what I should put. Although I haven't been chubby for quite a while now. No, I never knew you in your chubby days. That's right, you never did. And yeah. in fact, if you're one of the guys in the chat right now and you knew me when I was chubby, <laughs> let me know. You'll certainly <laughs> yeah. find a lot of chubby me videos on chubby this me Open Minds TV channel. If you look like. Eight or nine years ago. Holy cow. I lost all that weight. It's been like eight years or so. Yeah, dude. You're almost at a decade of being skinny. Chubless. Yeah, he says it's not your uh, belly. It's the beard. All right. Doug is a vegan, and there is no way he is chubby. Oh, yeah, you are vegan. Ah, yeah, I didn't know I was out. You just outed me, Kevin. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, and I was chunky when I was a vegetarian. Chunky vegetarian. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Again, caffeine downer. But I, you know, I appreciate uh, being on the show once more. It's always fascinating. It's always mind blowing, and uh, it's always a learning experience. Well, you know, that's why you're here to add that color. And I guess here's what we'll end on, just so people know. It's not like you're someone who's not into this topic. You're very into the topic. And even in your own business, aliens and UFOs are part of – I was going to look if I have something. I usually have my mug here, and I have one of your stickers on it. Um, but, you know, it's got aliens and UFOs on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something you're into. So you're not like a total skeptic, but share people your perspective. Well, I mean, I am a skeptic, but there is a part. I mean, there's, I walk a but fine like, line. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 40 and is what it all comes down to. I mean, there's, there's, there's part of me that wants to believe in stuff and there's other parts of me that is, is uber skeptical. I mean, I, I have a hard time making that leap. My mind doesn't go to aliens first. However, I find aliens and sci-fi very entertaining. That's what I look for when it comes to entertainment. But when it comes to 
disclosure and when it comes to what's really going on and UFOs in general, I can separate that. And I, I want to know more and I want to understand what's going on, what the phenomenon is. And I do think there is something going on, be it human or not. I don't know. And, but, but, but that's part of what keeps me going. I like the mystery of it. it there's, I find something comforting in that mystery and I don't know what it is, but I, I'll, I'll wear it like a blanket till the day I die or until we find out what's really going on. And you do wear it for a blanket. I mean, I, a quilt, more of a quilt than a blanket. I don't know what the difference is between those two things, but I, I just think the quilt is piece it together. Piecemeal. The quilt can have panels with different yes. stuff yeah. in them. So you have a Sasquatch panel, an alien. Yes. Panel. And they all keep me warm. They all keep me comforted. They all keep your house. heart. This is your, the quilt. Yes. Metaphorical quilt that's wrapped around your heart. That's holding me together, folks, at this point in history. And we certainly live in interesting times. And I almost feel like there's a, a almost part of it is escapism on my part. <laughs> From what's good. That's what I mean. That the line I walk, I mean, it just keeps me going in that way. But I'm, you know, but I find you're it not all fascinating. And I think that is another factor is that for a lot of people, this, and it's kind of in a way worrisome. And a lot of people, this and other conspiracies are escapism. But they've made this kind of, some people have made kind of this dangerous transition to where we're the, seeing that now. Yeah. yeah become kind of a reality to them without a uh, substantiating it just it's simply Fuc off of faith. Like Foucault's, Foucault's pendulum. If you've ever read that book uh, deals with a lot of that is, is creating this conspiracy, this creating the plan based on all these things, seeing where stuff links together, where there could be a link there, but it's not actually a functional link. It's, it, it wasn't an intentional link, but you can link a lot of things together. And I think we can get lost in that, but, and, but there is something comforting. No, having this, there's something bigger going on. There's people behind the scenes doing things for some reason that's easier, easier for us to accept than, you know, Occam's razor, you know, I hear you, dude. I think you're right, you know, and um, I think a similarity is, you know, you have uh, the Star Trek people or something like that. Um, you go to Comic-Con, ton of escapism going on, but they recognize that it is escapism, that Star yeah. Trek isn't real. There are a few people who I, I hear that do believe that sort of thing. Um, but um, that's not, you know, and, and, that's kind of the difference. So, yeah, the cosplay, you lose me at the cosplay, which is odd because I have a, cos a closet full of cosmos, it would seem. But uh, yeah, in some of these things, it's just, it's over the top. Because, you know, it turns into like the Dave Matthews crowd, you know, or the, or the Burning Man crowd. It was kind of hip in the beginning and whatnot. And then it just became, it just kind of diluted what, what I think was going on with these things. Does that make sense? Or was that hipster of me? That was pretty hipster, dude. Yeah, that was. I take that back. <laughs> Anyways, folks, we're at the hour. But I think I, I get your point. I think I get your point. Um, and I think you're exactly right uh, in that, you know, um, the general kind of um, purpose, original purpose gets lost. So, for example, you know, take – Dr. Alan Hynek. And I would say, you know, Mark, unfortunately, I love you, buddy, but you're kind of an example of this. <laughs> Taking things way too far. Um, you're talking about Alexander and Valet. Valet's a scientist. 
Alexander is a government, uh, the most non-conspiracy guy you can talk about. Um, Dr. J. Allen Hynek was a scientist. When this started, when they started in this, it was about science and it was about research and gathering data. The same kind of things like that Luis Elizondo talks about or... um, and it's moved from that to these belief and worldviews and belief systems that are so varied from that the aliens are here to save us, the aliens are here to kill us. Um, even when you talk about all of this, you know, um, those people that some people mentioned, somebody mentioned um, John Mack and, and David Jacobs in the same sentence. Well, John Mack doesn't, David Jacobs believes that, you know, there's this nefarious plot for aliens to take over the world and they're creating hybrids and all of this craziness. John Mack didn't say anything remotely close to that. I mean, my point is that there are all of these perspective and worldviews and they can't all be true. Um, And why are there so many different worldviews and perspectives? Because we just don't know. We don't have the data. So you could subscribe to any belief system that you want, but The point is that we need to grab the data. We need to do more research. And we have uh, thus far, the work that's been done publicly is kindergarten level, practically. It's just that, you know, we have these one-offs like a John Mack who gets involved or or some of these others. Uh, I think Alexander is one of those shining examples of some, you know, great work. And sure, you know, none of us are all going to agree on everything. But the point is that... uh, we really are kind of taking baby steps on gathering data and trying to figure things out. And hopefully that's where we can move to, because if we don't move to that, we're going to stay where we are with not knowing anything. Right. And I'm confident that valet would agree with me on that. And I think that uh, he's even making similar points in his, in the phenomenon documentary, because there's a great portion of that documentary from James Fox that's dedicated to Jacques Vallée. Uh, it's really good. It's one of my favorite parts of the movie. Really interesting movie. And um, I think, you know, especially you, Mark, who is a big fan of Vallée, and I'm sure some of you others are as well, you definitely need to look into um, and watch that movie on the 6th. And, Louise, you bring up a great quote from Louise Elizondo. I don't think disclosure will be an event. I think disclosure is a process. Um the hard part is I know Elizondo has a different perspective of what disclosure is than a lot of other people. I think my idea of disclosure is very similar to his actually. Um, but you know, if somebody's looking for, and I don't know why people even believe this at, you know, there's this whole pot of answers somewhere. I don't think we're ever going to find that. Um, no. I no. think it's, it's a slow process of discovery. Like Louise saying, it's a process and it's a process you know, to take his words again, that we're all involved in, you know, that we all participate in. And uh, I think that's the big point is we can't just be observers. We have to be participants. Yes. Yes. No, I'm sorry. I was reading some. I think we get caught too much in reading the. I know. (laughs) Well, on our other show, I don't see it. And it doesn't make for good video. I don't typically see this happening. So this is really interesting. It just pops up and they're all there. Yeah. So anyway, thank you all so much for uh, watching and being here. (laughs) What were you saying? 
<laughs> tuning in. Oh, Troy is asking where to see. He got a funny screenshot. Uh, his computer. I froze. saw that. That's that's one of the. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it froze up, and I was looking at you, and you were. And I'm telling him you can send it to Open Mind UFO News at Gmail. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, that's the one I'm trying to use the most. Unidentified celebrity. I think the internet is does play a huge role in that. Internet, as well as self-publishing, is huge nowadays. Anyone can get their voice out there. So it is kind of muddying the waters in, in terms of clarity. With Someone also said a quick question. Uh, do I believe that we have in our custody a flying saucer? I doubt it. I don't believe that. I'm very yeah. doubtful of that. That hangar probably doesn't exist. And that um, was another takeaway from the Pope interview as well. You guys touched upon that for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. We did talk about that quite a bit. Yeah. And um, even Elizondo clarified to me in my interview, if you were able to see it, if you join, you'll be able to watch my latest interview just a few weeks ago with Elizondo. Um, and uh, Elizondo even clarified, he's not talking about a crashed UFO ship. He's talking about um, that potentially materials have made it to the planet, perhaps even on an asteroid or something like exactly. that, that are anomalous. And that's certainly possible. And in fact, um, it's kind of this xenoarchaeology stuff that even NASA has been talking about lately that we need to be cognizant of the possibility that uh, there could be um, alien artifacts on other planets that we're visiting, and we have to be ready for that and look for that. Um, and, uh, you know, evidence of other civilizations, That's uh, even though they may be lost. And I think there is even a Saturday paper that even if we find um, any evidence of advanced civilizations, it's quite possible, if not probable, it'll be uh, ancient artifacts um, that the civilization's long gone. Well, I'm glad that conversation has begun. Uh, which Pope interview? That It's right here. In fact, it's just one of the recent. It's the latest Rojas report. So if you go to the homepage, look at the Rojas report, you'll see it there. Um, someone was asking. It's a pretty deep dive, folks. It really is. I mean, they, they really go into detail. But that's what you're going to get with Open Minds. You're going to get a deep dive into the sociopolitical um, issues that are, arise and are being addressed by our government and by um, credible, um, you know, academics and, and otherwise. Yeah. There's um, no sensationalism. Yeah. It's really just in it's, it's straight. It's very straight and it's very informative. They throw a lot at you, <laughs> especially in this interview. It really was good. And it's great to see Nick in his, uh, his truest form. It's, it wasn't a coast to coast interview at all. <laughs> That's for sure. That's but, for sure. Uh, really, I'm I'm really excited about the interviews that I've gotten um, recently uh, because I think we're really to share. And I was, you know, we're looking at and and researching this topic at a level no one else is. Um, really paying attention to the minutia, what the main that's exactly yes minutia would do if they were paying attention to this. This is what the media would be looking into. Yes. So, um, I think that's what's important. So I think that uh, you all can get a lot from the interviews. Yeah. And, um, no, minutia was good. That that's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching. I was like, okay, they really this is they're getting into the minutia of it all, and it's great to have that on offer for folks that really do want to dive into that. I think a, a lot of the time, you know, people are watching Ancient Aliens or one of these other programs, which is just like fluff again, pablum, and then they get to something like this, and it's a whole. It, 
then they're not going to watch it. But then you yeah. got people that do want to take a deeper dive, and rather, and you could do that, but you're going to it's going to take a lot of independent time or research on your part and um, searching a lot of the web or whatever. Come over here, and then you got you're doing the heavy lifting forum, and I, and I think that goes back to my. Show. Yeah, it definitely is. And I this I think this is what I was talking about with the factions too, where you can have the aliens, new ages over here, but as long as they're paying as if there's dues or something like that that's going into the science part, allowing for these guys to do the heavy lifting while these guys are spinning around or doing whatever they do, I think that's it can be beneficial for getting it out there, for making for getting this research done. This much needed research and funding. And I think it's the same way with uh again, caffeine downer right now, guys. <laughs> Well, oh, it just happened again. End on, Doug. Thank you for that. Uh, that was helpful. But uh, at least I don't know if you own. Uh, you know, you if you sell pit hats at your website. Is someone I, asking what's going you on? Definitely here? have someone who he's dying for one. <laughs> I don't. Although you know who uh, Childress does, David Childress. I believe uh, his world explore. What is it? Let's see. Uh Adventures Unlimited. I think David Childress does at one time at least they did carry pith hats. I'm almost certain. So, and I was with you when we had a discussion with David Childress about actually, yeah, hat. he did. He wanted to tell me about pith hats. He didn't know I already knew about pith hats, but uh, yes, that. that but I he love loved David. Your hat. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's really he, he's good people. He, he is a good dude. Yeah, and obviously, I don't have the same opinion to david childress but he's a good no <laughs> no and that's the entertainment aspect and that, i like that too you know i mean it keeps you somewhere in that uh atmosphere but it's the entertaining uh arm of it if you will takes all kinds is what it takes all it kinds takes yes all kinds. <laughs> yeah it's all true. right yes <laughs> You gotta wonder. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, folks. I'm Douglas Smythe of PhoenixShaving.com. And my co-host is always. Oh, wait, this is a different show. Never mind. Go on. Plus, you're pointing in the wrong direction. <laughs> I am all hundred robots. <laughs> TV. So check it out. Um, I will post links to these articles that we mentioned in the comments here below. Um, and then I'll also when I post this on uh Open Mindset TV, which I'll work on doing right now. I'll put them there as always. Thank you all so much for joining us. Mark, uh, of course, there were lots of stuff we disagreed on, but you just made the point. There's lots that we do agree on, and that's always going to be the case, I think. Doug and I certainly have disagreements where Doug will be more conspiratorial than I am and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I don't think I can't think of any of my friends or, or people I truly admire uh, that I totally agree with. There's even, there's some things I don't agree with Lou Elizondo with, um, with Nick Pope, John Alexander, all these people I love and look up to. So um, that's just the way it is. However, Mark, thank you so much for joining. Cause you inspired a lot of the conversation for this show. Um, so, and then thank you to all of you others who are also here, Louise um, and Ricardo and Kevin. And I'm not sure how to say some of the names, Troy, uh, UFO story and majestic Q clearance. <laughs> You're always here to ask some great questions. Uh, love your little um, there, but uh, lots of great people. Thank you all so much for joining. And uh, Troy says, Doug, go with Dr. Pepper instead. <laughs> as a name, a stage name, or I no, I think it, as for caffeine. Oh, yeah, yeah, good call, or maybe just tea. 
this is just it's been a long day of, of shows for some of us and yeah all right but thanks thanks doug hang in there dude hang in there you're gonna be all right it's the weekend although you don't really have weekends i don't have weekends you gotta work. work all weekend long yeah on and on and on all right me too so let's get back to work on other things take care guys